If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 29. <clears throat> Paul is the writer here and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, and he writes to us and he says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it, and remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. He says, as often as you do this, you show forth my death, and I love what it says, till he come. Not if he comes, Hope he comes, but when he comes. There's a big word there in the scripture this morning. Also, it says unworthily, verse 27, unworthily. Let me clear something up before we go any further. What makes any of us worthy? When you come down to it, none of us are worthy. But it's because of the blood of Jesus that we're able to do this. And he says, do it in remembrance of me. And as often as you do it, you're showing forth my death until I come. Now, you know, for those of you who are not members of our church, if you're saved, you are invited to partake of the Lord's Supper with us this morning. The only reason anybody in here should not partake of the Lord's Supper and that is, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, then if you partake of it, then you are guilty of the blood and the body of Jesus. So right now, what I want to do something a little different. This, uh, I don't ever want the Lord's Supper, as often as we do, to become a ritual. I want it to mean something. I want it to be different. You know how it is when you get the word that someone has died and you feel so sad. Then you listen for the um, announcement as to what the arrangements are. And you make your way to the funeral home to greet and meet the family and express your sorrow and possibly to view the body. It's a solemn time. Our Lord, in His heart, knew what was ahead. And he knew those who would be at that supper. He knew that there would be one that would betray him. So I want to, what I want to do right now, I want us all to bow our head. 
and close our eyes. And I want you to listen very carefully. If you're lost in here this morning, you have never, ever been saved. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You don't have to repeat it audibly. You can repeat it within your own heart and mind. But do not do this unless you are serious. Because if you do this, then that makes you worthy today to partake of the Lord's Supper. Just as the thief hung on the cross, dying, and said, Lord, will you remember me? And he said, today you can be with me in paradise. So if you're that lost person in this room today, would you repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning begging you, asking you to forgive me of my sins, to come into my heart and to save my soul. I pray this prayer in faith, believing your holy word, for I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer as a lost person, you're a saved person now. That makes you worthy. And don't look at anybody and say, well, I wonder what they'll think. Listen, what if the thief that got saved on the cross had a thought, well, I don't want to do this because this other thief, he might make fun of me. Hey, he didn't. Communion. Preparation for communion. Preparation for coming to the table uh, to experience And it's possible someone is in here who has never experienced coming to the table. Do not let the devil this morning cheat you out of partaking of the Lord's Supper. And the Bible is very plain. If there's sin in heart, if we harboring sin in our life, we just need to ask God to forgive us right now. Now the devil would have you believe, oh, you're not, you're going to make you you you're going to mess up if you do this. Listen, do not pay him any attention. Because it makes no difference what he thinks. But it makes all the difference in the world what our Lord thinks. Amen? The Bible says, do this in remembrance of me. And by participating in this this morning, you and I are going to show forth the Lord Jesus Christ's death until he comes. And he is coming. It's, it's a spiritual inventory, okay? It's coming the end of the year when businesses will take inventory off their stock. Why do they do that? Because what's sitting on the shelf or what's sitting in the yard is what they're going to have to pay tax on, right? So they want to get rid of it. So this morning, you and I, we need to take inventory off our very life. Is there anything going on in our life that should not be? We need to get rid of it. Take inventory of it. Ask God what he would have you to do. I remember the very moment, the very second in my life when God said, if I'm calling you to preach and you don't surrender, what are you going to say when you face me? Listen, I needed to take care of that right then and right there. This morning, God's given all of us an opportunity to go to him in prayer in our own hearts and mind and take inventory off our very life. First of all, we need to review our present, our past, and our future relationship with the Savior. I I go for you first to my past, okay? 
I can remember where that I was saved. That's my past. From the time I was saved, hey, no, I didn't walk that straight and narrow. My life was like a a graft. I mean, it's up and down, up and down, trying to do this, up and down, and finding myself all out of sorts and all undone. And that's, that's been the present all the way through. Well, what about, what about the inventory of the future? Where does that lie? Only thing I can tell you is I do not know your future and neither do you know mine, but God does. And what he's going to do in the future with us depends on what we do very present. Right now depends on, what we do right now depends on where our future will take us. Hopefully it's going to take us to the next level. You know, the next level. I think so many times, and and don't misunderstand me here. I think so many times, why the world God has put this in First Baptist Church, I'll never know probably until I get to heaven. Because there's a lot of men, there's a whole lot more educated than this one. They're a whole lot more compassionate than this one. But all I know is in my present time right now, I, I am where I'm supposed to be. And where I'm supposed to be is going to affect my future. I want you to understand this morning about your present. Nobody needs to know your present life, only God. There may be others that know what you're doing presently, but only you down deep in your soul and mind do we know really what's going on right now in the present. But what we do in the present will affect our future. Second thing, we need to confess to Christ all known sins and all failures And the Bible says, forsake them. Forsake them. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful. And he is just. And he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You see, in this present life that we're living all of us, we sin, we make mistakes, we have failures. I think sometimes, did I learn anything from that failure? Yeah. And I remember that failure so I don't go that way again. And the best we can do, you mark it down, Satan's going to see to it that you and I fail along the way. I mean, it's a trap. The Bible talks about those snares that's out there. The Bible talks about those fiery darts that the devil will throw at you and throw at me trying to hinder us from having a good present time in our Christian life. You know, every morning we get up, we we make preparation for where we're going and what we're going to do throughout the day. And many times I pray, Lord, I... I want you to let me take my boots off tonight. I don't want somebody else taking them off. I want to take them off. So help me in this present life that I'm living that I might arrive back home safely and be able to do that. 
To lay down at night in peace and comfort is to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal way, and it will affect our future. Confess our sins to who? Christ. He's the one keeping a record. He's the one with the book. You know, many mornings, many mornings in class, you'd see the teacher reach and get that book. She'd open it up. She'd begin to call names. And you had to answer, here, here, here. But somebody didn't answer. Does anybody know about so-and-so? You know, I feel like almost we need to do that in here. You know, I wouldn't call all the names, no. But do you know of anybody right now that's missing in the service today? If you know of one person that's missing today and, and God's revealed it to you, your responsibility and mine is to go home today and find out why they weren't here. They could be tired. They could be sick. They could be on vacation. It could be none of our business. But at least... They would know somebody cares. You think about it. A third thing. If we're going to be taking inventory of our Christian life, past, present, and future, we need to accept the divine forgiveness as provided in the death of our Lord Jesus Christ for us. He did that. You know, I think so many times, you know, I wish I could get rid of this debt or this debt. What about the sin debt? Have, any, have you thought about the sin debt lately? You know, the sin debt is what put Jesus on the cross. You couldn't pay for it. I couldn't pay for it. But he said, Father, I'll go. I'll go and pay the debt that those people owe. I will do it. And thank God he did And when we accept him as a personal savior, he takes those sins and he casts them into the deepest part of the sea. He removes them as far as the east is from the west. And on top of that, he don't remember them anymore. They're over. It's over with and gone. Amen. That's right. Accept the divine forgiveness. You know, no one in here can forgive me of my sins except God. (laughs) He's the only one. So therefore, he's the one I must answer to. I don't have to answer to you. You don't have to answer to me. But we just need to be concerned for each other. But we will answer and give an account to God the Father. Okay? You know, I think many times, where will I be tomorrow? I don't really know. I know I have a plan, but it may not come together. I think so many times, hey, wherever I am is probably where I am supposed to be, and I don't need to be worrying about, remember what I said last Sunday, it's a sin to worry. I don't need to be concerned about where else I need to be if I'm where I'm supposed to be. I used to think many times, people would say, hey, our church is without a pastor. Are you interested? I said, well, I'm happy where I am. And I'm thinking sometimes, well, if they could work it out, I'd preach over here at 9 o'clock and be back over here by 11 o'clock and blah, blah, you know. Hey, I cannot go all the way around. And I told Len many times when we came here to be your pastor, I said, hey, now listen, that's in the past. I'm here. I cannot pastor but one church. Hello? Right? One 
pastor for one church, okay? And I'm it. <laughs> Maybe one day I won't be it. But right now I'm it. Accept that divine forgiveness, okay? Another thing. If you're going to take inventory and, and think about our past and our present and our future, we need to rededicate ourselves and our life to Jesus. I'm talking dedicate. I'm talking giving. Give it back. Dedicate it to him. Listen, with, without Jesus, this is worthless anyway. It's worthless. The Bible says if I gain the whole world and lose my soul, what is it? What have I gained? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing from nothing. What does that leave? Nothing. If I gain the whole world and lose my soul. You see, our soul is the only thing that's saved, by the way. It's saved. Hey, let me tell you something. It's not only saved, but it is sealed until the day of redemption. You know, I take an envelope many times and I'll seal that thing up and, um, God, I forgot to put the check in or I forgot to put this in. And you try to get it back open right quick before that slobber dries, you know. But it's too late. You just, you'll just tear the envelope up. And I want to give you, I'm telling you that to tell you this. When we got saved, the Lord Jesus put us in an envelope and he sealed that envelope with his blood. And the devil would like to get it open, but he can't get it open without tearing it up. And the, listen, the tearing up part is over with when they tore up Jesus' body. So now, therefore, I'm sealed until the day of redemption. I praise God for that. I, I, I think of that most every time that I put an envelope. Recently, I was in a hurry. I done had a, done addressed the envelope, and I peeled off the stamp, stuck it on the envelope, and noticed I put it on the wrong corner. Ooh, you forget it. You're not going to take it off. I said, well, I'm going to put it in the box and see if it'll go anyway. I ain't heard a thing yet. <laughs> what does that say? Listen, God will accept you in any condition, any condition, you might be on the wrong corner. You might be under the wrong flap, but he will accept you and me in any condition. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. The last thing is take an inventory in preparation for communion. We need to accept and rely upon the Lord Jesus for our eternal life. You know, there are many doctors right now, there are many anesthesiologists right now that's putting people to sleep so the doctor can do his surgery. And I've been in that position before. I've been laying on that table when they hook up the IV and they'll say, would you like to listen to the radio? I said, I sure would. What station you want to listen to? And I tell them. I don't remember the first song. Wow, what sleep. And the next thing I know, you're going to have to wake up. You're going to have to wake up. Hey, I don't want to wake up. Leave me alone. I'm resting. Listen, Lord Jesus, 
is not only our doctor, but he's our anesthesiologist. He's our nurse. He's the one that's going to see us right into the portals of heaven when that time comes. When we're laying stretched out in that box, listen, people's going to file by and say all manner of things, but that soul is already where you and I have prepared it to go. So it's so important to accept and rely upon the Lord Jesus Christ for the life that we're living. But seriously, I want you to think about our present. What am I doing in my present life? Whatever that is, is going to affect our future. So, think about preparing the Lord's Supper. The disciples, they were concerned. And so they says, they says to the Lord, well, where are we going to prepare the, this supper? And he said, I want you to go into a certain city. And when you get in that city, you're going to find a man out front watering with a pitcher of water. I assume he's maybe watering the flowers. He said, when you see him, you tell him that you've come to look at the room that's been prepared for me and my, my disciples. They went. They found exactly like he said. They went. They found the room prepared, the table spread, ready for them to partake of the Lord's Supper. 